Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK Where quite simply, Chicago Bulls sing This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt, and as usual at the minute, going it alone once again. Um, you may have seen on Twitter that I've started the jersey countdown until Neil is back in, well, back on our time zone. Um, it is next Monday that he'll be back. He's flying through the Pistons game on sort of Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, obviously, it's not seven days until we do the podcast again because he's going to have to adjust and work his schedule out. But seven days until he is back, and just in time for us to face the Bucks, which is his new favourite team. So yeah, uh, just me again, and it is just an audio episode again. Um, I did drop that one on YouTube last week, which if you haven't checked it out. You know, go check it out, head to our channel, see Red UK on YouTube. Um, the reason I'm not doing YouTube tonight is because it's, it's too much of a pain trying to get the codes and everything to, to get in to do it, which I've not spoke to Neil this afternoon, so I couldn't get one. But anyway, um, admin aside, Chicago Bulls, where do we start? I'll uh, I'll start with the latest news, not that there is a lot. Apart from the whole rebuild, all that, what everyone's going through at the minute. Uh, latest news is, uh, it's come out this afternoon, Dale and Terry has been reassigned to the Windy City Bulls. However, will be called back up ahead of tonight's game against Jazz. Um, Yeah, you know, it, I did put a tweet out saying I understand it, but I don't understand it. Obviously, 
you know, I do understand it. He's he's going down for well, an extra training session. I imagine it's going to be a bit more in depth and a bit more physical than whatever balls go through with shoot around and everything today. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if you're going to assign him, just leave him down there. You know, why why bring him back up to sort of play garbage time at most or sit on the bench or whatever and it's something I'm going to get into in a minute after the rest of this um, just a little thought I've had now as I keep saying I've been out on this Bulls team since before last Christmas and I am now well and truly emotionally detached from them I'm still watching the games Still getting up at 1am, 12am, whatever the time is to watch them. But over the weekend, another back-to-back and we're now on three straight losses. First up was obviously the Nets on Friday night, Saturday morning for us. Uh, first in-season tournament game. We saw the debut of the City Edition jerseys, which... Well, right, they look better on the players, you know, they look better in action, but still about as entertaining as this Bulls team at the minute. Uh, we obviously also saw the red court for the tour- in-season tournament. Now, initial thoughts on it, I didn't like it. When I saw it, I thought, yeah, alright, it, it looks, looks alright. As the game wore on, my eyes were just hurting looking at it and I'm now not a fan so hopefully we don't progress any further and we've only got that one more game against Magic where we see it because as well as watching this Bulls team watching it on that court it was just just too much it was hurting my eyes my head everything so yeah next we lost 109-107 pretty close game all the way through, um, there was maybe like five, six points in it, pretty much the whole game. But Bulls just couldn't seem to get over, over the hump, sort of thing. We were just, we were there, but we could never really take control of the game, just for a change. And the same problems start creeping in, mainly three-point problems. We. We went 11 of 28 for 39%. Doesn't sound too bad. But then when they're going 18 of 45, 40%, you know, there's an extra 21 points what they're getting over the top of us. Um, Assists, 32, 21 to them. Uh, Free throws, this is the one that doesn't make any sense. They got to the line five times hitting three of them. We got to the line 14 times, hitting 10 of them. How can you not win a game when you're restricting a team to five free throws? I guess the simple answer is not hitting enough threes. Um, Rebounds, we out-rebounded them. Blocks, steals, was all the same. Uh, Points off turnovers, we got more points off turnovers. So it's clear to see that it was just that three-point game. And... Obviously, the big talking point coming out of it was that last play by Zach. Um, I mean, Zach, in the game, went for 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Not bad. 
but he's also doing a lot wrong. His IQ's clearly not there. I mean, obviously he had them free throws, and as was called by the the broadcast team, likely to hit the first one and deliberately miss the second one. Obviously, long rebound goes to Zach. More time on the clock than he thought. Does an awkward turnaround. I don't even think it was a three in the end. I think his toe was on the line. So it would have only been a two. And, you know, he's got Crusoe one side of him and Demar the other side of him wide open. <laughs> you know, you just can't change the narrative about Zach. His IQ, his clutch plays. You just don't want him with the ball in that period. I mean, overall, the game, you know, it's... It was there to win. It was there for us to take, and ultimately we never. Um, and then obviously, after that game, they got on a plane and fly to Denver, who were also on obviously the first of a back-to-back. And this is what I mean. You know, you you're going in against the reigning champs. You've got to kind of expect, or not expect to lose it, but. Fear a loss, I guess. I did mention on one of the last one of the last week's episodes that we seem to have their number at the minute, and through the first half we did. We were winning by one point at half time. Second half, it was like a completely different Bulls team come out. I'm not even going to say a completely different Nuggets team because you know what you're getting with Nuggets, and Bulls just. Yeah, it collapse of the the highest order really. You know they lost the third quarter thirty five twenty one, and then the fourth quarter thirty seven twenty seven, for a final result of one twenty three one oh one loss. And like I say we sort of matched them through the first half, and then into the second half it was just. Yeah, I mean, again, Zach's coming for a lot of criticism, and probably rightly so, to be honest. You know, 12 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. It's just not enough. Not if you're wanting him to be your, your number one. That You know, DeMar's taken a step back and still caught, uh, scored 17 points, got 6 assists, you know, and the fact that no players got into uh, over 20 points Vooch was the closest at 19 and then behind him obviously like I said Damar had 17 but off the bench Javon Carter going for 16 and Billy takes him out when he's hot surprise surprise and it's just like I said again it's a simple simple parts of the game that we're just we're not executing you know, they're saying they want to change the shot profile. <laughs> and in this game against Nuggets, 26 threes we took, hitting seven of them. Nuggets, 36, hitting 16. Mm. And the thing is, if we were hitting more of the one, or attempting more and hitting more, then we don't look as bad defending them. But even when we score one, the, the opposition seemed to go down our end and then they score one. And then we go up the other end, miss an easy layup. They go down the other end and hit another three. 
And from there, you've gone from maybe being a point in front, maybe starting to get a bit of a grip on the game, to all of a sudden being five points behind within the space of 30 seconds. And that was the same problem we had last year a lot of the time. And again, free throw wise, we got to the line 23 times, hitting 16 of them. They get to the line 30 times, hitting 23 of them. You know, it assists 31 28 in favour of Nuggets. Rebounds, completely out rebounded, 49 37. You know, it's, it's the same problems all the time with this team. And the biggest problem at the minute seems to be the offence. And, you know, we've, we're now sitting at two and five after seven games. And the, the biggest problem seems to be our offence. And if we could sort the, the offence out, then the defence maybe doesn't look quite as bad. And there was a tweet from Casey Johnson yesterday through seven games and obviously he's broke it down where Bulls sit. Offensive rating, 26th. Defensive rating, 23rd. Net rating, 28th. Turnovers in games, well, we're first in that one, so we'll take that. We're at least we're first in something. Assists in a game, or per game, we're 29th. Pace, 29th. Three-point attempts, 26th. Three points made, 28th. Free throws attempted, 21st. Three free throws made, 19th. It's, that's just not good. That you know, The one thing that we're first in is turnovers. It's just... Like I say, if they could sort the offence out, then maybe it helps the defence because obviously us hitting a bucket changes the next play. You know, they're not getting out on the, the fast break or anything like that. And it gives the defence chance to set. But when you, they're trying to set the defence off a rebound that they're not getting, the opposition's getting down and setting the plays a lot easier than we seem to be able to do. And obviously this Nuggets game has sent Bulls Nation spiralling. Um, you know, and like I say, I've been out on this team now since before last Christmas. And... Like I say, I'm now just emotionally detaching myself from them. And I did say in or during pre-season that I was disappointed with the way pre-season went. And it's because I didn't think there was any change. And it seems to be the way at the minute that there clearly hasn't been any change. The change is that, it, I mean, it's not the fact there hasn't been any change. It's the fact that the changes that they have made are that minimal you don't actually notice it. You know, they have slightly changed the shot profile. We just don't have the right people around to do the shooting. And it's it's frustrating because... Going back to the whole Dale and Terry thing in a long-winded sort of way, dude, we're not going to be able to change this roster externally. I, I can't see it anyway. 
If we do, it's not going to be till the trade deadline and God knows what position we're going to be in at that point. We'll probably be getting very, very desperate and make a stupid trade that messes the future up, basically. Um, and it's like I said last week, to me, the way you make changes now is going to have to be internally. And that Nuggets game, it irritated me to no end because... We was out of that game in the fourth, and all right, Nuggets kept the starters in, but we didn't empty the bench until three minutes from the end. Now, I'm not saying the likes of Terry Taylor, Julian Phillips, Dale and Terry, and on Ralph Bittim are going to win us, you know, anything. But what they will do is provide energy, passion. You know the desire to actually want to play, and they've got the potential there to just impact a game, especially someone like Bitim who can shoot the three. You know, if he comes in and he's getting six or seven minutes of real time, not garbage time, real time, and he shoots four threes, hitting three of them, there's an extra nine points. Julian Phillips coming in doing the same thing. Now, when he gets some real time, he produces at least one highlight play, whether it's dunking on somebody's head, you know, being 20 foot up in the air and knocking the ball into Rose's head, whatever it happens to be. He, he And that will give the team a boost. It's Surely that's better than watching Zach dribble it down and shoot a, a bad three-point shot and then nobody rebound it. You know, Dale and Terry, yeah, he's got a lot to work on. But one thing he doesn't have to work on is his energy. And if he comes in and he's, you know, getting in the been a bit of a pest defensively, whatever it happens to be, yeah, alright, he still needs to be able to shoot it and all that sort of stuff. But it can just be, you know, four minutes of energy, whatever it happens to be. We saw in this Nuggets game when he came in for that last three minutes. The ball only seemed to be with him. And that's obviously him trying to prove something and whatever. But the pace is there, the energy's there. And then Terry Taylor, you know, you want we want rebounding. That man rebounds for fun. And he'll go up there against anybody. And again, it's just that little bit of energy. And what's annoying me is other teams play these sort of players. And... At the minute, this roster sits at 13. I know Lonzo's on it, but we know he's not actually on it. Obviously, we we waved Carlett Jones before it, dropping it down to 13. You then take out Julian Phillips, because he's not playing. Dale and Terry, because he's not playing. Terry Taylor, because he's not playing. You're down to a 10-man rotation. And we saw this weekend, we lost Ayo to this illness. That's 9-man rotation. And yet Billy still won't put, whether it's Phillips, Bittim, whatever. You know, side note, Bittim was the only one of the two-way players that was there in Denver. So, they obviously know that there's a need there for somebody like Bittim, but just still not playing him. And it's, how do you expect these players to develop playing garbage time? And... Going down to Windy City, you know, obviously Windy City's games don't start until this weekend. And, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that they're the answer, 
they're an option and it's an option that we never use and it, look, I'm trying not to get too ranty with it and throw out wild predictions or anything like that but we want change and simple little changes like that who knows, Bittim could be that guy that just comes in and hits three, four, three pointers and then sits again but <laughs> you know and like I said, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters. But if they're providing that little bit of a spark, that little bit of energy, then why not? You know, because what we're seeing at the minute from this nine, ten man rotation is you know, it's, it's crap, basically. It's as if Zach doesn't want to be in Chicago anymore. Demar's checked out and just basically turning up because he's trying to get an extension. I'm not even going to get into P. Will again, who obviously was for these two games, dropped down to the bench, which, alright, he had a decent game against Nets. And to be fair, apart from that dunk that meant nothing, I can't remember him doing much against Nuggets. You know, to me, the best three players so far this season have been Alex Caruso, Tory Craig and Javon Carter's now starting to step up a little bit. And that's a worry in itself. You've got three role players there that are basically outshining everybody else and we've now seen what's going to happen if Crusoe is injured as he sort of he is listed as probable alongside P. Will and Ayo for this game against Jazz and you know it's we know that Crusoe's not going to play 82 games and we're seven games in, and he's already struggling with an injury. And we just can't afford to sit him. That's the thing. Because with Ayo being out, the way that Billy's rotating, we're down to an eight-man rotation. And with the players like Zach and Kobe struggling a little bit for form, P-Will sometimes might as well not be there. That rotation's just, it, it's its its dwindling and you're looking at it and saying, well, who's coming in? Who's going to change this game now? And the answer is nobody because we won't try anything new. You know, we know teams know how Billy's going to rotate. The fans know how Billy's going to rotate. And... Even if somebody like Javon Carter does come in and gets hot, you know that he's going to end up sitting for the next 10 minutes. So that we can try and get Zach going or Demar going or Vooch going or whatever it happens to be. And it's, I'd, I'd, yeah. Like I say, everybody's sort of calling now for this rebuild or whatever, but we're not in a position to do it. Not at the minute. You know, teams have got their, their team set. Yeah, Zach's going to get thrown out into trade rumours and what have you. And I know from speaking with Neil, he's kind of on the same wavelength as me at the minute. Of He doesn't actually care who, if anybody leaves this team. You know, we used to sort of want Zach to stay. But if Zach ends up going, so what? If Damar ends up going, so what? You know, it, and it's... A horrible place to be in when 
you don't care that much for the players that are on your team. But at the end of the day, at the minute, they're not showing much pride in the jerseys or anything like that. So why should we support them, basically? You know, obviously, a question I asked to Neil as well today is, would he actually trust AK to do a rebuild? And I wanted it in a one-word answer, but Neil being Neil, give me it in a, an essay. And in the end, he did actually just say yes. Um, whereas, to me, I wouldn't. I'd, you know, I know he flipped the roster three years ago, and he had this vision that was obviously led by this big three, backed up by Alonso, which obviously we haven't seen. But he seems to be living on that 35-game sample size that we got when Lonzo was there and he hasn't done a lot to fix that problem alright he's brought in Javon Carter he's not a starting point guard Kobe's not a starting point guard the additions that he's made since then last year obviously we've had Dragic and Drummond now obviously fans love Drummond well some fans love Drummond but Dragic ain't here anymore now the, the additions of Tory Craig and Javon Carter yeah, solid role players. That's it. They're solid role players. Put them in the starting lineup, they'll probably do the same job as they do coming off the bench. Draft pick wise, you know, you picked P. Will at four, and we still don't even know what P. Will is. You know, it could be what turn out to be one of the biggest busts in recent years. Um, you know, obviously, after that, there's obviously Marco back in Europe, Ayo. Alright, he's started this season well, but he's not exactly going to win as a ring. Dale and Terry, you know, keeps getting assigned to Windy City. And Julian Phillips, another project that we don't know if we're actually going to see anything of him this season. And it, it just kind of feels like, just stop drafting projects. Draft somebody for now, not for five years down the line or however long it's going to end up being because we need these young players now you know I'm not going to go into who we should have picked over P. Will or who we could have picked over Dylan or anything like that that could have made an instant impact because to me there's no need because it clearly it wasn't AK's plan and it just kind of feels like if we blow this up now and go for a full rebuild would you trust AK to draft that well in what's not a very strong draft class as it is? So, yeah, it's just... We kind of feel like we were between sort of January and March last year a little bit at the minute where we just don't know what this team is. And you just can't seem to see your way out of it because we know... AK probably hasn't got a way out of it. So I'm going to, like I say, I'm trying not to get too too angry with it, trying not to rant too much with it. Um, so I'll go on to tonight's game against Jazz. Now obviously Jazz are currently sitting 2-5, and five, same as Bulls. We know Lowry's going to come in and have a revenge game. That's just pretty much a given. 
and we saw it last year where Lowry went off against us, which was great. You know, well done, Lowry. But we managed to control the rest of the team, and if we can do that tonight, then there's no reason why we don't win. You know, yeah, it it'll piss a few people off. The Lowry's going for thirty points or whatever he goes for, but if he puts up thirty points and we win and we win the game, so what? Do I think we'll win the game? No. Um, I tried to be positive ahead of the last two games, and look where that goes. Um, so I'm going to say. No, we don't win. I have asked Neil for his opinion, but he's not got to me yet. If I think I know Neil the way I do, I think he says we win in a close game. But I may be wrong on that, because I know that he's all over the place with how he feels about this team at the minute. And then uh, later on in the week, we face Suns. I, now I don't know if I'll get another episode out before that, so I'll give my prediction for that one. And yeah, it's going to be another, probably another blowout loss as well, with the likes of Devin Booker going for fifty, KD dropping thirty odd on us. You know, it just I'm not a game I'm looking forward to at all. Um, so yeah, I think these next two games, another two losses. And that's going to put us at what two and seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as everyone keeps saying, or some people keep saying, still early days. Take the positives out of that first half against Denver. Take the positives out of the win against Toronto. Take the positives out of the win against Pacers. Nah. Nah. That's not how it works in my head. Because the negatives are far outweighing the positives at the minute, and. If that's how you want to get through through your Bulls fandom by taking positives out of the first half of a blowout loss, then, you know, crack on. But I'm not going to be riding that train with you. So, appreciate everybody who's listened. Um, like I say, if you didn't watch last week's on YouTube, you know, do us a favour, go watch it. Give us a thumbs up and all that sort of stuff. Um this episode's probably, you know, it's just about keeping us up to date, really, ready for Neil coming back next week, where hopefully we'll be back on YouTube and um, having a healthy debate rather than me just waffling on. So like I say, appreciate everyone who's listened. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. You can find Neil on Twitter at Neil Seaweed UK. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Seaweed UK. And you can find us on all the socials at C-Red UK. And until next time, C-Red people. The percolator. It's time for the percolator.